the SMME Exchange. SMME Exchange on Metro FM Talk. 8 minutes it is after 8 p.m. It's our SMME Exchange and uh, as I said today we're taking a look at uh, the uh, informal economy and the informal sector. Now uh, we saw in the quarterly labor force numbers that came through uh, sometime last week uh, a fall in informal sector employment on the back of uh, crackdowns on illicit trade and uh, policing activities there and of course also some of the uh, riots uh, that uh, we saw in uh, many of our urban centers. Uh, uh, around uh, some of these issues of homophobia. And I'm joined on the line by the director, uh, or Afrophobia, I should rather say. I'm joined on the line by uh, Leif Peterson, director of the Sustainable Livelihoods Foundation. Uh, Leif, good evening to you, and uh, thank you so much for taking time out to speak to us this evening. Good evening, Arvonga. It's a pleasure to chat with you this evening. Let's maybe start off here. I mean, uh, if you could just tell us briefly about your organization here, Sustainable Livelihoods uh, Foundation. What is it that you guys do and how does that interface uh, with some of the activities in the informal sector? Sure. Um, look, the Sustainable Livelihoods Foundation is a, a non-profit kind of research think tank. And one of our core interests is uh, in particular the township economy and understanding the the, the emerging roots of entrepreneurship and small business that operates within the township kind of economic sector. So it's every industry from street traders, which is commonly kind of thought of when one thinks of informal trade, but also right through to more sophisticated businesses such as um, uh, Chabines, Sparza shops, uh, businesses that are operating almost in the suburbs that are, that are unregistered, undocumented, and basically, according to government, don't exist. Mm. And um, I think what, what we see is very, very important is that you've got more than four and a half million South Africans operating in the informal economy, yet according to government, you know, they basically like they don't, they don't happen, that there's nothing there that actually there's a policy environment or a very poor investment environment that supports them, yet four and a half million people is exactly the kind of like the economic kind of engine room we need to grow uh, jobs and create mm. new opportunities. So yeah. the foundation's particularly interested in finding more efficient and, and uh, better strategies to create investment, to have a better policy environment and to encourage entrepreneurship that's going to support informal sector businesses. Mm, okay. Leif, I want us to pause there for a second and to take a quick spot break. When we come back, uh, I want to talk about, I guess, why our informal sector here in South Africa uh, makes a disproportionately lower impact on uh, uh, you know, national production and even uh, national employment numbers. And uh, more importantly, what about our policy environment can best explain some of the challenges that uh, the informal sector has uh, in really realizing its role. I guess uh, for many people, uh, in many instances, it's a buffer, uh, you know, and in some cases, I guess it's an employment opportunity in many uh, economies that are rapidly deindustrializing. We continue on the other side. Can I truly say that I'm the 100% man? 40% of the time, I've actually died from man flu. 60% of the time, I let my children eat pizza in the bath for efficiency. 90% of the time, I forget 100% of people's names. But 100% of the time, I take out the garbage in toughy refuse bags. 100% recycled. 100% recyclable. 100% tough. And that makes me the 100% man. Tough. Tougher. Toughy. Castle Light Unlocks is back with the biggest hip-hop experience on the African continent. Get early bird tickets between 3 and 7.30 p.m. on 20 Feb. Here's how it works. Go to castlelight.co.za to get your early bird ticket, starting at a crazy 50 rand. Hurry, because they go up by 50 rand every half hour. 
Lucky ticket holders will be the first to unlock who our headline act is. This artist at that price? You better get online and fast. Hashtag Castle Light Unlocks. T's and C's apply. What if your money could do a little more for you? Like give you a bigger deposit on your first house or make sure that that big overseas trip is actually big and overseas. With a tax-free plan from Old Mutual, it can. You can get more from your money from just 250 Rand a month and earn 8.25% interest tax-free with the Maximized Interest Life Fund until 31 March 2020. Plus get great benefits with Old Mutual Rewards. Get smart with your saving today. Call 0860-606060 or speak to your advisor. Old Mutual Rewards is brought to you by the Old Mutual Group. Old Mutual Life Assurance Company is a licensed FSP. Feel good. Feel Metro FM. It's where you're at. The SMME Exchange. SMME Exchange. On Metro FM Talk. In this week's installment of our SMME Exchange, we're taking a look at uh, activities in the informal sector of the economy. Now, uh, uh, we recently saw, as I said, in the quarterly labor force survey, some declines uh, when it comes to uh, informal sector employment. And uh, the big question that we're asking ourselves this evening is, what is it about uh, our policy environment, uh, and not only at a national and a very macro level, but even if you consider municipal bylaws, what is it about uh, how those bylaws are, are structured, designed, uh, that certainly doesn't have in mind uh, uh, the role of informal sector uh, trade and informal sector activities uh, in the uh, social makeup of many of our cities. And I'm joined by Leif Peterson, a director of the Sustainable Livelihoods Foundation. And Leif, I guess that, that's the question to you, right? Uh, what, what is it about uh, our own policy context here in South Africa that certainly explains the numbers that we've seen in this fall in uh, informal sector employment? But more importantly, why our informal sector here in South Africa seems uh, to be punching below its weight. Yeah, Bonga, you're absolutely right. I think it's, it's a real challenge we're facing in South Africa. And I think one must step back and look at the continent. And, and we have to make a decision in our minds. You know, are, are we an African nation or are, are we like more going to be governed by a Western logic? Mm. And if you, if you go outside of South Africa, more than 90% of the GDP of the rest of the sub-Saharan African region is generated through informal economy activity. Sure. When you come to South Africa, you've got a legacy of a colonial kind of history with an apartheid kind of background and a very strong Western European logic towards the, the kind of structure of the economy and the regulatory environment. Mm. Then you add on top of that, you have the township kind of environment, which townships were originally designed as dormitory suburbs where people were meant to sleep and then uh, leave those areas and go into the cities to be able to work. So what's happened is, is municipalities have zoned, um, zoned the township context as residential and residential only. Mm. So we have huge backlog of businesses that have, that have emerged within the township as our townships have grown and more and more people in particular in the cities have moved into the urban areas. Um, and the townships are now increasingly the face of our cities. Mm. And so what's mm. happened, though, is the zoning hasn't caught up. So you're dealing with... In, in our experience, up to 70% of the businesses within the township economy break the law merely by existing. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, is that when, when your business breaks the law um, because it exists, you cannot attract investment. As a business owner, you cannot take risks because there's a real possibility that you, know, you might get raided by the police, municipality might fine you or close you down. And what it does is it stops people from investing in those businesses. So our informal economy is actually small relative to the formal economy because 
we've created a formal framework and a policy environment that is totally ill-suited to growing informal economy business. So, and, and this goes back to the challenge. It's like, well, you know, what kind of country do we want to be? And, and with four and a half million people operating in the informal economy, surely it's up to the state to get the policy environment right. And it mm. starts at the municipal level, but it goes all the way through to national government. Because at the end of the day, if we don't get the policy environment right, you've got four and a half million South Africans whose businesses are underperforming. And, and of course, because of we have such a strong formal sector in South Africa, despite its current problems, mm. you know, the JSC top 100 companies basically have a stranglehold over so much of our economy that it's incredibly difficult for small, small businesses, particularly township businesses and informal businesses, to grow and to emerge and to be able to become the new powerhouses that we want them to be. Mm. I mean, let's, t- let's talk about that because I think you, you make a very important point that, you know, the spatial configuration of our country here in South Africa uh, certainly makes uh, economic activity in many of our townships, you know, something that is illegal just by virtue of its existence. And I'm sitting here asking myself, uh, sometimes maybe in policy circles, we want to quickly, uh, you know, uh, opt for formalizing many of these businesses. So we want to punitively get them into, within, into the formal realm. And yet we've seen numerous policy examples uh, of where that has failed. I mean, I think of the, uh, you know, uh, minibus taxi industry, which emerged as a result of a very broken public uh, you know, a transport system and the servicing of that transport system to uh, township uh, uh, communities and many other black communities. And yet, you know, 25 years into our democratic projects, it's still seen as, you know, an activity that's on the margins of our economy, on the shadow of our economy. And yet it transports the economy every single morning. It transports everybody who's needed for the economy to function. And yet it receives no subsidy. Yeah, that's a very important point. And then the minibus taxi sector is, of course, worth billions of rand, and it's an incredibly important business in South Africa. But, but what's interesting here is that what we are witnessing that is emerging is you're ending up with two kinds of informal businesses. Mm. You have the informal businesses that, that are basically forced to be informal because the policy environment is inappropriate to allow for their growth. So if you're running a business in the township, and you are, let's say, uh, renting a property or you're operating from a shack, you cannot produce to the municipality um, to get the land zoning changed so that you can operate a business from those premises. So someone running a business for a private house in the township literally cannot legalize or formalize their businesses. So the idea that they would formalize is completely like off the table. Um, Conversely, we see other businesses within the township economy which are capitalizing on the nature of their informality. Mm. So we see businesses, in some cases taxis, in some cases spas and shops, in some cases shabins, which use informality as their key competitive advantage. So people are picking and choosing the elements of formality that they like, but also are ignoring the others. So mm. you see taxis that drive in a certain way that possibly break the law. You see challenges around registering many businesses for tax. You see shabins that operate without licenses, even though they might be in a properly zoned area. And you realize that there's this very interesting dynamic is happening within South Africa, where we see tens of thousands of small survivalist businesses that would like to be able to grow, but do not fit within the current formal framework because the policy environment is incorrect. But conversely, we see other kinds of informal businesses which capitalize on that informality. Mm. And, and there's a very dangerous division occurring where all informal businesses being kind of tarred with the same brush. But what we're seeing is a very neat split between the survivalists and the informalists. And the informalist business 
is not necessarily something you want to encourage because they're growing outside of the formal policy environment. Mm. And that means that the costs of doing business, such as not paying minimum wage to your staff, or the, the, the kind of the challenges around you know, minimum standards and health and safety don't get met because there are businesses that choose not to operate within the legal framework. Mm. So we've got a very interesting and quite concerning sure. dynamic that's evolving in South Africa around this split between survivalist versus informalist businesses. Yeah. And this all boils down to the fact that the policy environment doesn't actually speak to the needs of the informal economy. Leif, I want us to pause there for a second and uh, I'm going to take a quick spot break. When we come back and uh, just as we wrap up when we come back, I want us to speak about, you know, what does the policy agenda look like? I think there's a lot of commitments. I mean, I'm thinking of one of the recommendations of the ILO around, uh, you know, a decent work in the informal sector and uh, transitioning to more uh, you know, uh, of decent work provisions for informal sector workers. But also I want to talk about, uh, you know, how then our policy environment responds to this. Because uh, certainly, you know, many of our listeners would be familiar with the fact that y- you might find yourself in a survivalist enterprise in the informal sector in, you know, a township like Soweto or Mdanzane uh, in the Eastern Cape, but still find that you're sourcing some of your inputs uh, for your production processes or even for your retail from the formal sector, which uh, certainly complicates the picture somewhat. So we'll continue on the other side of this. Port Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. We got you covered. 100.5 FM. It's where you're at. The SMME Exchange. SMME Exchange. On Metro FM Talk. 22 minutes it is after 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk with myself, Aibong Akawa, here on the Mighty Metro. And uh, we're taking a look uh, this uh, evening for our SMME Exchange, which we bring to you every Tuesday at uh, some of the developments in the informal sector and more importantly i guess in the context of south africa what is the kind of policy framework that we need and policy agenda at multiple levels uh, what, what is it that we need to ensure uh, that uh, the informal sector continues to make uh, contribution in line with its potential when it comes to production and employment and uh, uh, leif peterson from uh, the uh, sustainable livelihoods foundation joins me uh, to have that conversation now uh, leif I guess you would have heard the tail end of my question before we went to the spot break, which uh, had a lot to do with also understanding, you know, the market structure connections uh, between informal uh, uh, informal sector players and uh, even some of the formal sector uh, actors, uh, you know, who might be, uh, I guess, uh, you know, selling inputs to each other or even uh, um, in a very unidirectional way, uh, as selling inputs to many last mile informal retailers in many of our townships. What, what should we be doing at a national level and even at a municipal council level uh, to ensure that we uh, create the space that's necessary uh, for uh, the informal sector to realize its potential without only thinking of formalization as the end and be all. Yeah, no, formalization is, is not the solution to, to everything, that's for sure. And I, I think you certainly cannot punish businesses into formalization. Uh, South Africa has 250,000 shabins across the country and the vast majority of them are illegal and they've, they've become an institution within the township context. You, you're not going to punish them away. You, you need to have a strategy which, which uh, really focuses on both carrots to encourage people to want to formalize, but also stick when people choose not to. And, and you know, the role of government is absolutely critical because people should not be able to just do what it is they feel like doing to make money because there are costs associated with that that need to be managed. So the state has a critical role, and it starts particularly at the municipal level, because municipalities are the places to provide the, the land zoning, but they're also responsible for the utilities, they're responsible for things like lights and water and streets mm. and paving, 
trade, trading permits. And, and municipalities really need to lift their game in order to create the right kinds of opportunities that would want make businesses want to formalise in the first place, or at least start going down that, the formalisation path. But I think before we even talk about formalisation, the first thing government needs to realise is that the great majority of businesses in the township economy are largely survivalist, and the best thing that you could do for them is to leave them alone. At the moment, you know, we, we penalise people who trade on the side of the road. We mm. punish people for, for brying using open fires uh, here in Cape Town. Uh, you know, we, we use these very draconian measures to, to punish businesses for, for trying to survive. And I think the first step is leave, leave micro-enterprises alone. I think the, mm. uh, the vast majority of them are not a threat, and they're already paying tax because they're selling inputs from the first world kind of like products and the, and the, and the formal sector value yeah. chains that they're buying into. They're paying all the sales taxes and the VATs and the other things. And their income tax is not really worth getting them for. Um, for the other businesses that are growing to manage the impacts of their growth, we really do need an organized strategy which starts to say, well, you know, there is some carrot. We need to encourage you. And the state should be saying, okay, well, if you go these steps down the path of formalization, these are the things that the state could, these are the doors the state could open for you. We could create better investment environments so you could draw funding into your business. We could help you explore markets. We could offer training programs to help you develop and grow your business. But the idea is, is that you, you, you create opportunities mm. for people to start to join in. But at the same time, if businesses choose not to, that's when the state needs to use the sure. tools to say, well, you know, we need you to formalize and mm. we need to bring you into the fold. But at the moment, we have, we have a strategy that's quite misguided. We either kind of neglect the businesses, and then we get to the point where the businesses are neglected for so long that the state then turns around and punishes them. And we mm. saw this in Operation Clean Sweep in Johannesburg, sure, where sure. You know, more than 6,000 street trading businesses were literally closed down within 10 days through a metro police action. Mm. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really solve the problem. It just hardens the boundaries between the state and, and those who choose to operate against it. Mm. And I guess it also confronts this whole idea of, you know, what, what does a global or what do they call it, a world-class African city look like? I mean, uh, certainly in Johannesburg and Cape Town, it's a big debate because, you know, what we saw during that period of Operation Cleanup or, you know, Operation Fiela, uh, it had a lot to do with this idea that, you know, there's really no scope or place for poor people, uh, least of all poor people who are engaged in forms of informal trade. Uh, in the inner city center and that you know uh, the moment that you have very poor people who are engaged in atypical forms of trade and uh, i use that atypical in inverted commas then you know there's all of these perceptions of cleanliness there's a perception that you know it's dirty Uh, and i think we also saw that with you know herman mashaba and uh, much of the work that he was doing when he was the mayor of the city of Joburg. and uh, you know i remember one incident where you know a guy was just selling you know uh, a cow's head and uh, he was transporting it from one side maybe to, you know, the brazier or the fire on the other side. Um, and, you know, he had JMPD called on him. So, so the big question here really is also about how do we think of our, you know, inner cities and even the spaces in our townships as spaces for commerce and industry? Uh, you know, and maybe what, what, what are we aspiring for here? Yeah, now this is, this is, these are very real issues. And I think one of the big challenges we have in South Africa is a real we a very conflicted approach uh, to the informal economy because we struggle to be able to put it on a terms where it, we can see it that it adds value. We tend to we tend to judge what we see rather than the function that the businesses perform. And so, you know, the, the average street trade business that we found within the township economy has been operating for four and a half years. 
there's a clear amount of sustainability for many of these many of these enterprises. And if you if you're willing to to close your eyes to to the aesthetics, okay, if you look at function over form and and over function over form, what you actually see is these businesses work quite well. But if these traders and the vast majority of them we've spoken to are more than willing to pay to use the site and to pay rent to mm. the municipality. In fact, in Jeppy Street and Joburg, some of the highest rents per square meter in the country are paid by traders who choose to operate there. Mm. Um, what we see is an outcome that is like when people pay and then the municipality responds by offering the services it's meant to offer, you don't have the cleanliness issues, you don't have sure, those challenges. Sure, and sure. we don't find resistance in informal economy business when people see the value mm. being delivered. So when the municipality stuff. doesn't deliver, people are saying, well, why should I pay? Yeah. So you've got to, you, yeah, without service delivery, you don't get rent. And without mm. rent, you have deeper informality. And, and there's, there's a vicious cycle here. And once again, it boils down to the state being willing to lift its game and to actually offer the services it's meant to offer in order for these informal businesses mm. to have a better business to operate from. And I can tell you right now that none of the businesses we operate in the township or in the street trading context whether it's in the township or in the CBD, choose to operate in the chaos and the disarray. They sure. want a cleaner and nicer environment. And many of them we've spoken to are willing to pay for that. Exactly. But it's up to the state to respond. Leif, we'll have to leave it there. Pleasure catching up with you. And really thank you for sharing your insights from some of the work that you've done with us this evening. That there was Leif Peterson is from the Sustainable Livelihoods Foundation.